everybody. Another edition of Jamal About Sports coming to you on a Saturday afternoon, March 9th, 2019. That, of course, uh, the classic from the late, great Jimi Hendrix, Crosstown Traffic. Big show to get to. We've got a little NFL news and notes, free agency-wise, a little free agent preview, if you will. Uh, a couple of news and notes from the Combine. Got uh, some Major League Baseball, specifically some of these... Uh, New rules changes that uh, won't be in effect this year, but could be coming down the pike. And uh, we may finish the show up with the Knicks. Riding shotgun. Who? <laughs> Who, the Knicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Play, play New York, maybe? There he is. The man, the myth, the legend. AG, what is up? Yeah, it's been a while. Yes, it has. It has been a while. I did a show myself, I think, either a week or two ago. But yes, you and I... Have not been back in the studio uh, for some time. Yes, yes. As the late great Bob Murphy would say. So, uh, yeah, let's kick it off with uh, the NFL, the Combine. I know you're not as big a, uh, a follower of the Combine as I am. And actually, after reading that, uh, is that Seth Wickersham? No, no, I forget who. This guy, actually, I didn't know who he was. Really good piece in uh, on ESPN.com yesterday or Thursday. Oh, yeah, on the, on the meat market that is. About the meat the market combine. that is the combine. Um, it's, it's basically it's a drunken free-for-all that nobody really needs to be at, that nobody really cares about, that's just become, taken on a life of its own. It's just it's just a thing yes, that we, people do. Yeah, we have a word for that in, uh, in the software world. It's, it's a boondoggle. <laughs> they, that's a good one. That's essentially what it is. It's, it's, re- it's really just a boondoggle. It's, 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 a, it's an excuse to eat steaks and drink martinis on the company's dime. Right. Um, Talk old war stories. Yep. Yep. And name drop and, yep. and pretend that you're somebody. Correct. Or actually be somebody. Yeah. Well, and the interesting point of the article was that really it's a made-for-TV affair now. Fully, yeah, and I mean, did you see? They're they're really thinking about. I thought it was a make joke. It, make it a prime time. I thought that was a joke. I read that on. I on, thought you were joking. <laughs> I read. That. I wrote it in my diary. <laughs> Veronica said something very funny at work today. Um, no, I thought <laughs> uh, Ron Burgundy never gets old. Um, no, I I had seen that on the interwebs that uh, they were considering about extending it out over a week or two weeks even and making it a prime time event. I'm like, no, that, that's got to be a, a joke. A, what a waste! I'm like, that's a stretch even for the NFL. I mean, I know they know how to make a dollar better than anybody, and you know, because idiots like us will lap this stuff up. <laughs> like the name, exactly. Nightclub rabble, like the half soused, the half soused nightclub rabble that lobbed your inane observations. observations. Exactly. Um, Shout out to Newman. Yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, so um, so the article is interesting about what it kind of uh, you know a, a colossal waste of time. It's such a waste from of time. from a talent evaluation standpoint that the that, that the combine is. Um, now listen, you know the the poster child right for overreaction in the combine is will always be Mike Mamula. I mean that will never. Right, right. And apparently you know he got the answers to the test so to speak right. So he. He did all – he trained specifically for the three-cone and the broad jump and the high jump, all the things that people pay attention to, the 40, right? And um, and then, you know, he killed it at the combine and then obviously was one of the all-time busts in the history of the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, the combine also got Byron Jones drafted in the first round. It, it's, it's gotten a lot of guys drafted in the first round. It got probably uh, – 
uh, what's his face, Melon Melon Fonu, right? From right, when the second, yeah, when the second round, and it turns out the guy didn't really like football all that much. Yeah. So it was all that good at football, right? Right. Well, and I mean that. Although you know his tape was not that bad. It I was, mean, it was average. Right. There's nothing about his tape that make you say, "Oh, I really want this guy needs to be on my team." Right. But he's a physical he freak. A, his tape. He was just a guy. He was a physical freak though. It's six four two right. fifteen and ran a four four yeah. four or whatever. Uh, which, by the way, get, brings me to guys that really stood out at the combine. Some of whom have good college tape, and some of whom oh, Colton Miller is probably going to be is going to have to be the new poster child. A guy who couldn't who couldn't well, play. But everybody knew that except the Raiders. I mean, literally, because they know better. But listen, no, no offense, because he's my guy, because he's a Maryland guy. But Bruce Campbell, anybody? Remember him? Yeah. He was Offensive a tackle? Fourth round pick, right? Oh, uh, I, I think he was a third or fourth round pick, you know, and which is not okay. You know what? That's that's probably a, a fair spot for a guy like that. But my point is. How about every, Hay- uh, Darius Hayward Bay, right? Correct. He tore up the combine. Didn't he, he did, and he was a good tip. Again, the Raiders took him at the seventh pick. And you know what? To Darius Hayward Bay's credit, he stuck around for a little while. He carved so out a very good career change. for himself. He's still in a league, He's a, he turned himself into a really good special teams player. He's still in the league? Yeah, I think he's still on the Steelers. Really? Yeah, (laughs) special teams guy. It's a great gunner. Um, Yeah. But, um, no, but but, but Bruce Campbell is a perfect example. Uh, Ran like a 4... And we're not talking about evil dead Bruce Campbell. No. Uh, Ran a 4-8-40, right, at the combine. Ooh, he's an offensive lineman. Who cares? And, and, And the flip side to that, I mean, seriously, could there be... Assessing the forty time to an offensive lineman is like saying, you know what, that pilot's not very good, but he's an excellent typist. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it really it has nothing to do with the job requirements. Running fast in the forty yard dash couldn't be less important for an offensive lineman. Uh, and you could argue for almost any other position. Well, I mean, look, receiver maybe corner. corner you got to be able to run. You got to be able to run and play corner. I mean, listen, not everybody has to run a four three, but for the most part, you got to be able to run. And certainly four five probably is where you need to be. Most most of the time, look, Josh Norman ran four six six at the combine. Richard Sherman ran four six at the combine. And again, we've talked about this before. Play speed versus time speed are two different things. Right, I mean Jerry Rice supposedly ran a four six at the combine, and that guy never got caught from behind, pretty much yeah. for the majority of his career. Uh, so I mean, I mean, I mean Emmett Smith, yeah, Emmett Smith yeah. was a four six guy. Running backs, it's way less important because they have to be fast in short bursts. The initial burst through the line of scrimmage, vision is way more important than time speed for a running back, as you well know. Right. Feel, and cutting ability, stuff, yeah. toughness, right, ability to break tackles, being able to block. Uh, pick up the blitz, you know, all, all those things. Or, or now, listen. Of course, you love everything in the in the full package. You guy, you want a guy who you know eats, sleeps, and drinks, drinks football. You know, a guy who's a hard worker, who's a good locker room guy, who's an RKG right kind of guy. Who you know, and then also has all the physical gifts. And with the production, I mean, of course, everybody wants that. Right. That you know, those guys don't exist. They don't. You know, those are few and far between. And there's an RK, an RKG. You don't necessarily have to eat. Breathe, sleep football all the time. I mean, Barry Sanders, right? Right. Classic example of that. Yeah. Some guys can just play. But that's don't, don't love the game. But if they're going to give give it what they've got, right? When they're on the field, they're not going to miss games. Who cares? And if you're that talented, it doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. Right. right. Uh, but as that article also pointed out, as and as you well know, and we didn't need to read this article to know this beforehand. 
Uh, football coaches and GMs, not real fans, big fans right. of guys that actually right. interest. That they're, that they're putting in 20, that have 20 intre- hour, That have interests yeah, outside exactly. of football. Yeah, well, I mean, these are the least well-rounded human beings on the planet, right. football people. I mean, they really so you, are. So you can see where they're not all that. Uh, Listen, but the, but, but, you know, the I've other, seen it up close. I mean, Shags is a perfect example. Right. I mean, I told you, in 1998, before uh, mini camps were even really a thing, I mean, they had mini camps. I went out to Detroit, went to this one he was coaching with, for the Lions under Bobby Ross, and I went there. We got to the Silver, and back way back when, when the Silver Dome was still where they played. We got, on a, on a Friday morning, to kick off mini camp, we got to the stadium at, I'm going to say 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Got there at 6.30 in the morning. Right. This is mini camps. Where they just wear helmets and, and shells and there's no tackling or anything. This is minicamp. And mm-hmm. he's getting there. He's getting to work at 630 in the morning. I mean, he, yeah. these guys have no lives. None. Yeah. Zero. Uh, and so no, they... There was also, to that point um, in that piece, so the, uh, the writer, he underwent a, a, a 15-minute psychological evaluation. Oh, right. Right. Good point. Uh, by, by this, by this uh, lady, I guess, worked for... I, he, I think she worked for the teams, Colts. Uh, maybe... I forget who the team was. It was I like think it was the Colts. Or she's worked with, right? I think. But anyway, I don't think she does it anymore. But no, she, she doesn't. She does it. She does it for a, a, a different, a, a different league. Kind of you know, I thought it was a different sport, but anyway. Maybe. Anyway, so so he goes. I think it was, on, it was a phone interview where he did like a fifteen minute psychological evaluation. And right. Came back. Uh, she totally nailed it, according to him. Uh, yes. He, he 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 sent it to his wife. Yeah. And she said she was like oh, unbelievable. God. Yes. And, and the crux of it was that his biggest uh, his biggest problem. Is he wears himself too thin? Right. That he just he uh, wears himself he, he, out. He has no ability to ever in, throttle in, in it order, down. In, yeah. In order to distract from anything else that's going on in his life, he just completely immerses himself right. in work. And, and, Correct. And that that same evaluation can uh, apply, probably applies to most most of these, these these football coaches. Correct. And that that's and that that's and that because they're so locked in and they don't sleep. That they're missing a lot of the big picture. Correct. And they get they get hung up on details. Yes. They, get, they can't get out of their own way. Correct. Because they're because that's actually the the efficiency of the job. Right. Is compromised because they're just correct. They can't get out of their own way. Cause and, they're always doing it. Correct. And and that's also by the way. And that's true of, of probably any avenue. I, I was going to say it's a societal issue, right? I mean that 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 cuts across all all parts of society. I mean you see it all over the place now. Somehow now it, it's become a a, a badge of honor. Uh, to always be working, right? That's a good thing. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so slammed. I'm heads down. I got, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, I got, you know, because. In a lot of cases, it's to get away from anything else. <laughs> well, that could be the case. <laughs> that might be the case. Um, but uh, in any event, yeah, it was a good article. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, just go to ESPN.com and punch in, like, combine article, and you'll find These it. These days, just, we don't hawk too much stuff on ESPN because uh, overall the, that's the, atrocious. The, the entire, entire <laughs> platform is just garbage. It is terrible. Everything about it is just garbage. It's pretty weak. They got rid of pretty much anybody who had anything to say. Yeah. So it's a colossal waste of time. It's not great. But uh, still checking it every other day yeah. on this article. So this is actually worth it. Yeah. The, the, I, my, my main purpose for going to ESPN.com, honestly, is to look at – Box scores, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, although I, I still, I still do. Um, me and four other people still buy hard copy newspapers, which actually is a much better way to read box scores. Way better. I hate it's them online. It's on one page and you have to keep flipping it. Right. Basically, when you do it online, maybe you check about five and you, you just, you just, you just can't do it anymore with the paper. It's all right there. It's right. So there. it's actually a much more efficient way to retain I, the information. I agree. So, uh, so, so no, not, uh, not, not archaic in that uh, right. regard. Right. Right. I, I, I listen. I just it's what it's what I grew. It's how I grew up. It's what I'm used to. Um, you know, I, I remember when I first started learning how to read box scores with Jim, 
uh, he would ask me, you know, something like, oh, uh, and you remember, the box scores back in the day when we were kids are not anything not like they are now, right? They didn't have There's batting no average. OPS, no, 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 no. There was no batting average. There was no, I don't even think they'd give you, they would give you the season total RBIs. They'd say who maybe had an RBI in the game. Right, right. Like it would that's, say, that's right. it'd be that's like right. two for four RBI, yep. double home run, triple, stolen base error, and that and was about it. At the end of the week, it. they had all the composites. Like that's all right. The, the comprehensive stats where you could see that's right. RBIs. That's right. They'd have league leaders, and then by, and in the New York papers, obviously, every Mets stat and every Yankees stat. Um, but I remember... So, so basically, you, if you want to know if you want to know how many uh, RBIs uh, Chuck not, uh, uh, Kirby Puckett had circa '87, right? You had to wait until until Sunday. To that's see, true. Oh, so is he leading the league yet? That's true. That's that's a very it good seems point. Like he's knocking in a lot of runs in these box scores. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so I remember him like you know almost quizzing me, asking me like, oh, you know, what did Keith, Keith Hernandez and of course you know me with my very good patience. I'm like, it's not in there. He's like, oh, no, yeah, no, it's not in there. I'm like, no, I, I looked. It's not in there. He's like, ah, okay, uh, let's open it up. And then he'd show me, like, oh, yeah, 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 there it is. Okay, it is in there. Uh, anyway, uh, but we digress. So uh, I don't know how – you didn't pay that close attention to the combine. I'm sure you saw what Don- – I, mean, I know, you know, I know – you know, I listen to a zillion podcasts right. on it, so you know I know who did, right. who did what. And also, I'm I'm at the point now. Once the once the combine uh, ends, yeah. Then uh, NFL.com then puts together they, they have like all the uh, position by position, right? With all the results, right? So I've been looking, you know. So that's really where I'm getting now all, all my like preliminary scouting. Right. Once they have all the results on there, so I have a pretty good idea of who did right. what. Right. Right. So know, I, I mean, Montez Sweat. I, I do I do look at it just to see you know where the guys test, but I you know it's it's not. Listen, well, having to sit through watching it is I hear a you. waste of time. I, I'll tell you, it, it, it was it was a lot more enjoyable this year without Mike, Mike Mayock. Of course, they had to bring him in for a segment right, now that he works right. for the Raiders. See, I, he never bothered me. Yeah, he just bothers me for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway, DJ was, I, you know, I'm a big DJ guy. DJ and CD are great. Yeah, so it was mostly Daniel Jeremiah and, and Charles Davis. You know, Siciliano does a nice job moderating, so to speak. Um but the Montez Sweat thing, I mean, listen, uh, it's not, you know, he's 6'6", six, six, what, 260 pounds or something like that, 255 pounds. He ran a 4'4". Four, four. I mean, look, and, you know. Louda Montez did very well for himself. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, by the way, just a quick plug, I believe the new season's coming up, coming back pretty soon, right, Aviv? Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It, I think it's coming on. Yeah. And then there's also, of course, Montez, the character from uh, Workaholics. Sucking X. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Eric Griffin, I believe, is that, that that actor's name, who was also, I told you, on that good Showtime show, uh, I'm Dying Up Here, which is about stand-up comedy in the 70s in L.A. But anyway, uh, so, I mean, he also had pretty good production at – yeah. I watched a lot of Mississippi State this year, so, yeah. I, so I watched a lot of him, yeah. Jeffrey Simmons, and yeah. Jonathan Abram. Right. Uh, I mean, thoughts on Sweat? Like him? Don't. don't uh, he's not a guy that I'm like like banging the door. Right. Yeah, like him. I mean, you know, if if, 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 yeah. if the Cowboys draft him, maybe you know, you'd certainly take him. Draft him in the second round. So that's at whatever I mean, twenty. You know, he just, he right. just put himself in the top ten. So. Uh, but yeah, I like him, but it's, he's not a guy that I'd be banging the table for. Right. Uh, right. Well, again, and, and this is the other thing. NFL coaches all think that they are the ones that are going to, go that they're going to untap. Well, yeah. Unlock whatever, you know, unmined potential is there, uh, on, un, on mind ability. So I'll tell you, I, you know, it's funny, it, you know, like 
when I would watch Mississippi State, because I was always watching, he was, you know, one of the guys who was always really... Sure. Uh, and, you know, he, it's, I never looked like he was really... Uh, I never, I never really saw him, like, controlling a game, you know, he always had good stats. Right. But it's funny, when you look at other guys, yeah. and the other guys show up. So right. I was watching, I was, I was watching, uh, I was breaking down uh, Jonathan Abram. Right. Because that's a guy that he could very well be on their radar, could be there, you know, in the second right. round when they pick. And I was, and, you know, and that's when I was like, ooh, both Simmons and Sweat, they're showing up quite a lot here. Right. They're really showing up a uh, lot. So, yeah. it's funny, like, you know, it's when you just, sometimes you get too hung up on watching one thing. And right. Then, you know, and again, you just, you sort of miss it. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, Sweat obviously has got the measurables, and he had some production in college. I mean, he was a double-digit sack guy, played in obviously the best conference in, in college football in the SEC. Uh, so those are all things in his favor. You know, a little light, little not not that not as strong at the point of attack as he would like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, that can you just you know what? You, yeah, you put on weight and strength exactly, and then and 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 figure out a way to use him in the right way. I mean, that's yeah. supposed you know, like if the Lions are, are going to take him, right? Like you know that and that, that's supposed what the Patriots do better than anybody else, right? Is they figure out one or two things the guys do well, right. and they in, ask him to only do those things, yeah. correct? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, a bunch of guys had really, you know, amazing performances just from, you know, the testing thing. Devin White from LSU, the linebacker. Devin Bush from Michigan. Those, both those guys ran sub-4-5s. Yeah. Uh, Rashawn Gary put on a ridiculous show, although I want no part of him to the Lions at 8. Um, so Juan Thornhill put up a lot of really good numbers. Safety from Virginia. Yes, he did. I know. Uh, Got the, a lot of great name. Great name. Uh, you know who? Kind, you know, kind, of the, kind of in the Gary Sanchez mold. A guy that we like is uh, Chase Winovich from Michigan. Yeah. Uh, also tested very well. The guy who is a you know nonstop motor guy. Quinn and Williams running four eight at two hundred and ninety pounds or three hundred and five pounds is ridiculous. And as if you just watch the guy's unblockable at, at Alabama. You don't have to do real deep dives into Quinn and Williams. You, you, you watch it for two minutes. And yep. That, and you want him on your football yep. team immediately. Yeah. I mean the the, the biggest. Uh, and then by the way. Just just a shout out to a Maryland guy, who, and I've been saying this. Darnell Savage. Yes, I've been saying. I've been. Have I not been telling you this guy's going to be a good pro? Yeah. Right. If you want a good safety, a guy's versatile. Go draft him. He it's ran to be four. A real RKG as well. Uh, yeah. Good, solid guy. Ran four three six. Yeah. Um, listen, Maryland guys. There's a long history of Maryland guys going into the pros. That you know. Here, here's the thing. Maryland teams are usually not very good, and I think a lot of times these guys are not used properly. Uh, and then you see these guys that, you know, but they flash ability at Maryland and then they go into the pros and, and, and they, they blow up. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one. Um, and then, of course, everybody talking about this DK Metcalf from Ole Miss, you know, physical freak at 6'3", 230 pounds, ran a 4'3", 1". Yeah, but like his, with the agility, the three cones on some, which, you know, uh, I mean, he's supposed to manage, you know, which, uh, which measure... Uh, short area quickness, right? Stuff that you need for route running, you know, right? That, that he was like way, way below average. Well, I mean, it's impossible. I mean, look at the guy. He he's literally. I mean, suppose he has one point nine percent body fat. Up. Yeah, one point nine percent body fat, which apparently is impossible. Like yeah. people will tell you, if that if you have that low body fat, you're gonna like your body will break down and cramp up and seize up. Like mm-hmm. you can't. So, but I mean, they showed obviously all these pictures of him. I mean, he looks like he doesn't have an ounce of fat on his whole body. He's absurdly. Uh, cut up and ripped up but also big um you know listen some of course some team's gonna fall in love with me he didn't have a lot of production in college he did show good hands i'll say that i mean he mm-hmm. caught the ball well in all the drills um 
I mean, if that if they're ever that one highlight against Alabama where he makes a really nice uh, running one one hand catch right. on a deep throw and then breaks a tackle. Right. So, you know, it's on that that one play. A lot of it. A lot of it. A lot of his yeah. skills are on display. Yeah. I mean, listen. He's a typical. He's a classic Raiders pick, right? And they have a million first round yeah. picks. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he goes there. Um, but there's some knucklehead Lions fans on Twitter saying the Lions should take him at eight. Uh, no, no thank you. Moronic. No thank you. Moronic. Pass hard. That's a hard pass. I will tell you this, though, and you know my rule. You don't take tight ends in the first round unless it's late, or middle, or late. Or uh, if the Lions— This guy might be an exception. If they take TJ Hawkinson from Iowa— You can't kill that. I'm not going to—in fact, I think I want them to take him. I really do. I mean, A, guy loves football. B, he's—this is so not Eric Ebron. Like— <laughs> I get well, that. I saw his, uh, you know, his his uh, college teammate um, Noah. Fan. Noah Fan. I saw his also at, really at good. Dot com. His uh, his comp? player comp was Eric Ebron. Oh, like, yeah. That that made me run away. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of Noah. I Fan. don't think that's he, true at all. TJ is much much better player. Uh, I think Noah Fant's a much better player than Eric Ebron. No, uh, TJ Hawkins is a much better. Well, he's a much more well-rounded player. I mean, Noah Fan is faster. He's more athletic. Um. Uh, you know, TJ uh, Hawkinson is the full. He's the full package. He can exactly. Block, he can break tackles. He can get down the field. Exactly. That's why, to me, comparing drafting him is the same as Ebron is tennis. It's apples and oranges. It, it absolutely has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. Like you said, this guy blocks. He loves football. He plays with a mean streak. He's nasty, and he can catch, and he can run routes, and he gets open, and he's got some athleticism. Um, I, listen, and it's a huge need for the Lions. Well, let me, let me offer, you, offer you a quick alternative. Say, say you pass on T.J. Hawkinson and yeah. you know, get somebody else. You know, to, edge rusher, I need then. So I did. I was doing a deep deep dive in the, in the tight end position. Uh-huh. So this it's a deep. It's a deep draft. This guy from San Diego State. Love him. You, love him. Conley. 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 Warren. Yeah. Can do. I mean, he can get down yeah. the field. He blocks. Yeah. He's a really good blocker. So super athletic, and he's just starting to play football. Yeah. So uh, so he had a great combine also. So I went and looked at some of his YouTube stuff. Yeah, good. yeah. Third round, something like that. Yes, there please. was only one game, one game, uh, game film. It was uh, it was San Diego State playing. Uh, I guess uh, I think they were playing Nevada. Right. So it's like it's like, uh, it's like you got to sit there like 10, 10, 15 minutes. I know. It is. But but every play, he, you know, could see him. Yeah. Block. You'd see how he's running routes because it's all also, very that, intriguing. That game was filmed from like pretty high above. So right. You sort of see. Right. You see the routes he's yeah. running. Very uh, intriguing. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, if he's it's a lot of guys around, uh, that he'd be, he seems like a guy who could, be, yeah. could really pay off." Jay Sternberger, uh, no, Isaac Nauta from uh, from Georgia, who did not test well. He didn't test well at all. I don't care. I mean, I, I, I listen. I watched enough Georgia games to know that guy can play. <laughs> I mean, he looks really athletic out there, but he only yeah. ran, he ran like a four nine. Yeah. I, again, I don't. I don't care. I mean, yeah. it's not. A, I mean, what, what, what Gronk might not break five flat anymore. You know. I mean, right. it's like. It's it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's really but, not. But getting back to Hawkinson, yeah. that's a guy that if you take yes, him at eight and it and it doesn't work, you, you just you live with it. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you, you no, got, listen, you got ample evidence that this guy can really help your football. No question, no question. Listen, I, I I like I said, I would be perfectly fine. I'd be happy if the Lions took him at eight. I soon, would. And again, our, our our rules for for you know for drafting times high. As soon as you hear matchup nightmare, right. Then uh, run away. Go the other yeah. Yeah. Run. run no. Again, away. this guy's a completely well-rounded player, right? He's a complete player. He blocks and catches, and again plays with a mean streak and is nasty. Um, 
you know, he's a he's a real live football player. I mean, you know, say, not taking him at eight because Eric Ebron was a bust when you took that's, him that's four years ago. That's one bad decision begets another bad decision. Exactly. Like, like it's, for it's, instance. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's not relevant. For instance, I'll go all the way back to uh, when in 1990, the Lions drafted John Ford, a big, tall wide receiver from University of Virginia in the second round. Right. He was a total bust. The next year, in 1991, they drafted Herman Moore, big, tall wide receiver from the University of Virginia. They Did they not take him because the other guy from Virginia exactly. was? Yeah. Of course not. One has nothing to do with the other. Uh, but you could even go more recent uh, history with the Lions. Uh, Roy Williams and Mike Williams are both busts. Then you, what? You don't take Calvin Johnson exactly. because of those guys didn't work out. Of course not. You can't. Those that cannot Which they easily could have could have gone the other way just because of that. They could have, yeah. but again, it, one you know Calvin Johnson. You can't let one bad decision affect generational you. player. Roy Williams and Mike Williams are not. And by the way, know. Cowboy fans might be cringing at the you know the thought of like drafting Kyle Warren uh, right. from San Diego. State. Oh, because of Gavin yeah, Escobar. Escobar. Right. Yeah, one's got nothing. Exactly. Do. Exactly. So anyway, that was all I, I had. About uh, about the combine and and that uh, we're seeing more and more trades in the NFL now. We just saw the Giants traded uh, Olivier uh, Lawrence or Lawrence Olivier Vernon right for the offensive uh, for Kevin Zeitler. Yeah. It's a good trade for the Giants. Yeah. Um, Olivier yeah, Vernon you know, always another one of these big contracts that didn't uh, didn't pan out. Olivier Vernon, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, these pass rushers always get overpaid. That's why if the Lions don't sign Trey Flowers to a big contract, I'm going to be fine with it. I mean, yeah. look, they just got Romeo Aquara off the giant scrap heap, and he had seven and a half sacks last year, and that's what Trey Flowers did. I'm not saying that's the only measure. Of course, I understand they're not. And Trey Flowers is a better player right now than Romeo Aquara is, but my point is, is that. You know, I'm not – a guy like Trey Flowers now because he's under 30, he's like 26, is going to command, you know, $18, $19 million a year. Oftentimes these don't work out. I right. mean, you see teams moving on from these guys two, three years down the road. You wind up paying good players like great players. Right. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And and and, and so average players like really good players. Yep. As, as Stephen Jones is fond of reminding everybody. Well, I he's, mean – He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And uh, – so, so that was a good trade, I thought, for the Giants. I mean, uh, you know, Vernon is not a bad player. Most I mean, of his his good tape has been against the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyrus, I, that's one guy Tyron Smith has always struggled against. I, I remember he was, you know, he was pretty good for the Dolphins, and then you know the Giants obviously gave him a huge contract. I mean, he's okay. I mean, he's he's a decent, solid player. Um, he's certainly not worth that money. You know, what, what I love is all this lazy thinking now that I've been reading is that oh, the, this must mean the Browns don't like Emmanuel Ogba. Um, does anybody understand how football works? You can't have too many good pass rushers. I mean, right. uh, what? Yeah. Well, so now they're going to move on from Emmanuel Agba? No, 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 they're not. If they are, they're dumb. I mean, yeah. oh, because you don't want Miles Garrett Agba. And again, Olivier Vernon is not some superstar. He had six sacks last year. I mean, right. he's, he's he's a decent player, and he holds up against the run okay Green too. As a situational pass rusher, exactly done. done. Exactly done. Exactly. I mean, teams love to have rotate as many pass rushers in and out as they can. So uh, that was interesting. Of course, a couple of things. Uh, looks like the Raider, uh, the Patriots are going to trade for Michael Bennett. Of course, I mean, couldn't anything be more Patriots-like than that? And it'll cost them it, it, like maybe a fourth or a fifth round. I don't even think they meant fifth, probably at the, at the highest. Uh, I mean, he's old. I mean, for, he's thirty-three, I believe. Um, uh, he'll, he'll help them though. Oh no, I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying for an old guy making he's a lot like of money. So annoying. Oh uh, yeah, with his stupid, dumb, dumb little shoulder pads and the way he wears his jersey and. Yeah, he's, he's quite annoying. Shuts up. And then, of course, did you see that that your boy Marty Bennett, his his brother now, is 
uh, supposedly floating the idea of coming out of retirement to, to come play with his brother. To, to play with his oh, brother no. back on the Patsies. <laughs> you got that. Uh, and You're to- screwing me again, unicorn. Uh-huh. You got the Antonio Brown situation, which... Uh, where, where, where do you fall on that? Because, I mean, listen, I understand lately his behavior has not been... He what, must be really difficult to deal with. I mean, the, But he know, wasn't you know, always you know like funny, this. You know what's funny? Because like, how many times... Was he I, always on, like this? No. On this very podcast, how many times have I lamented that my team doesn't run its, run its organization? Like the Steelers, it? yes. The Steelers are everything I wanted my organization yes, to do. I've said the same. And it's like they flip, it's like they flipped the script. Uh, it's more very drama strange. This, this team has, uh, has had more drama in the last two years. Listen, the, the painful irony for me is that Kevin Colbert, their GM, was a Lions front office guy that yeah. we let go to hire Matt Millen. So, I mean, we, wow. we, yeah. So, I mean, for, for 20 years or whatever it's been, not 20, but uh, when they hired, no, yeah, they hired Matt Millen in 2001. So, yeah, almost 20 years I've been sitting there going, you know, this guy that runs a model franchise in the Steelers could have been our guy, but you're right. Lately, with between Le'Veon Bell. You know, it sounds like this guy's a nightmare, but I mean, it's this guy, I mean, it puts two guys on him. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's all, he makes plays no matter what. He's I, always open. I was he just, makes every play. The guy is ridiculous. He's one of the most ridiculous receivers I've ever seen. I was just watching uh, NFL Network was running. He gets doubled every play, and it makes no difference. I was just watching a game against their playing the Bills from a few years ago, and Stephon Gilmore, when he was still on the Bills, was covering him. Two times, Stephon Gilmore is in his hip pocket down the sideline, and he made the catch anyway. I mean, yeah. like, literally with his – Stephon Gilmore's right arm is in between Brown's – both of his arms, and the ball still – a great throw by Roethlisberger first, by the way. But then also he still comes down with the ball. I mean, it, it, and then plus you're right, and then half the time he just gets wide open. Uh, by the way, another guy I think – I believe ran 4-6-40 at the combine. Is that right? Uh, yeah, did yeah. not run a great time. So he was a sixth-round pick. Right, Because right. everyone thought he was small and slow. Yeah. Central Michigan. That was the same year the Lions drafted Titus Young in the second round when a guy in their backyard got drafted in the sixth round. Anyway. Um, but he's not handling. That's so nauseous. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Well, the guy I really, I, I didn't really, I have to be, I have to be honest. I didn't really know much about Antonio Brown in those days. Uh, but the guy I wanted was Torrey Smith, who would have been a much better uh, pick than, than Titus Young. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. So that, Antonio Brown was going to try to trade him the Bills. He called Ixnay on that. So that's not happening. Would want to shuffle on off to Buffalo. Yeah, heesh. But I would imagine he's going to end up with the Raiders. I mean, that probably seems likely. Um, what else? Were there any other? Tra- I mean, a lot of big, some big names got cut. Carlos Hyde just got cut. Malik Jackson got cut. Uh, your boy Jeremy Parnell got cut. Um, the Giants, the Giants are apparently there and making. They're letting for it to Landon Collins land, walk. Landon Collins. Yeah, I, I like Landon Collins. A good player. Uh, a lot of lot. Maybe his play slipped the last uh, last year or so. Well, I think he's really you know he's an in the box safety. You know, a lot of Lions fans on Twitter are also lobbying hard for him, and because of the line, remember his second year was which is where he made that huge monster lead. year. Yeah, he had like five, he had five interceptions, four sacks, like 120 tackles. Yeah, he had a monster year, made a lot of big plays. Of course, dropped a game winning interception against Tommy. Of yeah, course, right. Of course, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's really. He's more of an in-box safety. I mean, that's kind of what yeah. he is. He, he, you know, and the Lions already have that kind of in Quandre Diggs, uh, who's a little bit better in coverage because he can also play some nickel. But I, I don't think he's a great fit for the Lions. I know Patricia likes to run a lot of three safety sets, but I, I don't. You know, for the amount of money he's going to probably uh, right. command, I, I don't think it's a great Not fit. Zero Thomas is still floating out there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he's you know, a great player, but it's, you know, a small guy like that with a lot of miles has been injured lately. You're taking a huge you risk. You figure maybe two, he's probably he's probably going to try to get three, four years. I mean, probably, I think most teams are thinking two years. I would imagine so. He's 29 and, again, coming off an injury. Uh, and, again, small I mean, people, guy people, throws people his body obviously around. Obviously, for obvious reasons, linked him to the Cowboys. Also, he's yeah. now being linked to the 49ers so he can go play with uh, Sherman. Oh, okay, yeah. You know? I can see that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys I mean, are in an interesting situation now with Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, who? Okay, yeah, because so, apparently he ain't showing up. Right. Well, okay. they, they so franchised him. So the second street. So they franchised him last year. Right. Which uh, most people do not love the franchise they hate tag. It. They hate it, even he though they get paid a ton of money. He didn't say a word. Was a good soldier. Right. Had a, had a really nice year. Right. Guy plays the run. Yeah, no, he's a monster against the run. Great pass rush. I'd say from, he from the, from the left side, no less. Yeah, no, I would uh, say that he great in the locker room. He, he's the heart and soul of the defense. Yes, a guy they cannot. They, they you know they've been they've been trying to develop a guy since Demarcus Ware. Right, and even towards the back end, of Demarcus's time with the Cowboys, where his play was slipping due to injury. Right, they. They've been trying to find that guy for a long time. They yeah. traded up, you know, it took, and it him. took him a while to, and, to yeah. find his legs. Yeah, yeah, and so they finally. But so now they, so they, they, they couldn't get the deal done. First of all, you got him and those two other pass rushers uh, who are free agents now. Um, uh, well, everybody's been franchised. Well, D Ford got D, D Ford got franchised uh, by the by the by the Chiefs. They're probably letting Justin Houston go, but he's 30. Brandon Graham just went to the Eagles. Trey Flowers is going to be a free agent. Um, Uh, It was was Trey Flowers and somebody else. Anyway, like everyone's waiting on on someone else to sign to try to set the market value. Yeah. So, you know, and and he has to get shoulder surgery, which he's going to put off until he gets a deal done. So so basically now it's a game of chicken. Mm. Went through this a few years ago with, with Dez. The, you can't, what you can't have is this going going down to the wire, right? And then you have to, you know, no matter what they, no matter what contract he gets, right, it's going to preclude preclude you from probably signing three guys down the road, right? Uh, not to mention you're not going to be able to do anything in free agency this year, which they don't really they don't really do anything, right? They don't do the big splash moves yeah. anymore, yeah. But which you know, but um, you don't want a, a guy who you don't want a guy who's who's not thrilled, you know, waiting to now he's going to miss time because if he delays the shoulder surgery, it's not. It's not out of it's. I don't think it's crazy to start thinking about uh, about what you might be able to do as as, as far as trading. Oh, gotcha. Now, now that you know, my my uh, you know my, my my guys over there at Cowboys.com, they yeah. went through this whole exercise. Okay. So they you know they proposed like you know the the the, uh, the Colts who have uh, right. They have a ton of capital, cap over hundred million you dollars. Matt, you have your guy Matt Eberflus. Uh huh. Right. Like, excellent His, name. Right. Own old, old Cowboys coach. And they yeah. got a zillion draft picks. That's, yeah, it's so definitely that, a, so, a logical so landing. Guy, you might be able to you know get you know, maybe par- you know get a, get a few picks maybe parlay trade up if you need to yep. and make, try to try to get an impact player in the draft if you can. Yep. Um, it's not I don't think it's crazy to, to entertain. I mean it, overall you want to keep this guy. And this is a guy you've developed hard. He's still only 27. Right. He's still got good years left. Yeah. Again, to, total RKG yep. plays the run in the past. But if this is going to become one of these things where it's just going to be acrimonious uh the Cowboys are happy with uh, with with the Dez contract that they you know that the went you know that they uh, now dispute not not exactly the same situation but well I mean and he's a much better player at this stage than Dez was no, Dez was at the top of his game when they when they uh, when they re-upped he came up, was coming off his best year when they re-upped uh, Clowney is that who you think oh of? yeah yes Clowney uh, he yeah. got franchised. That must have just happened like a day or two ago. He got franchised. Uh, oh, actually, no. That no. Uh, 
Yeah, but they still have to negotiate. You know, they still have to negotiate. Yeah, but he's not going to be a free agent. Is the point? Yeah, but the point is, yeah, but once, but you know, who's gonna? What's he gonna sign for if they? You know, well, the they, franchise tag yeah, but, is, yeah, is they, what it is. Yeah, but yeah, but they, that doesn't mean it's gonna stay franchised. They still can work out a deal. They could, but often, te- oftentimes, teams are low to, happens, to work one, out one's deals. Gonna set, one's gonna set the market value. So let's say you know, Mar- Marcus gets. Uh, let's say the Cowboys got him for like his agent's got to be thinking. Let's say we sign for like twenty two. Something like 22 and, a year. Or Frank Clark, was that also who you were thinking of? I was one of them. Because he got franchised too. Everybody got franchised. All yeah, but, but they're still, you know, they're still negotiating deals. So if, uh, so let's say, so whoever the first person is to sign, so let's say DeMarcus signs for like 22. Right. And then all of a then sudden. Then Frank Clark's guy's agent's going to say, I want the same. Right. Or, or more. Right. Gets 20, or more. Something like a right. lesser player gets it's 25. It's the same thing with the quarterbacks every year. Right. But, it's, but still, it's a game of chicken. It's just like, how long is this going to go on? Right. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I think it's. It's just. It's an interesting. Uh, no, look. The NFL scenario. model, unfortunately, does not you can lend. Only pay it, so many people. It does not lend itself to. Uh, it's like Game of Thrones. Do not get too attached to anybody <laughs> because exactly right. <laughs> because that guy will probably be off your team within five years. So yeah. Speaking of which, so who can you uh, who who can you not who, who's a deal breaker. To, to, to in, in, in you know for Lions no for the final season of Game of Thrones like who's uh, oh who, who has to stay on the board because you know who knows I mean, oh I, yeah I, 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 too many people are gonna, you know you know you know who I need I, I cannot I cannot watch uh, the demise of Drogon the dragon that's why I, <laughs> I love I love me some Drogon that, uh, that was one bad dude on that note let's take a quick break and we'll be back with some Major League Baseball right after this. Alrighty, we're back here on a Saturday afternoon edition of Jamal About Sports. Uh, we are, I guess, about, well, f- for some reason, by the way, are you aware that Major League Baseball opening day is March 28th? Are they starting in Japan or something? Uh, I No, the Mets are literally playing a game, I want to say, like in Washington. Very smart, by the way. Let's have the games earlier in March and okay. keep them outside the on the East Coast. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's very wise. Yeah. Very wise. Uh but 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 that's but 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 let's change all the rules because that's the problem. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? Let's just see. Let's see. We'll do Mets schedule here. Uh, yeah. Actually, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about here, baseball wise. Uh, these these well. I don't think your team's gonna be terrible. Uh, I don't either. Oh, sorry. April fourth, Nationals. So maybe, maybe that's also dumb, by the way. But uh, hiring an agent as your GM sounds like the most ridiculously ill-conceived idea. Maybe this is what. Maybe it's so dumb that it actually will work. I mean, listen. I don't, I don't hate the moves they've made. I gotta tell you, I, I don't either. Um, so April fourth, I could have sworn. I guess the, the season though starts on March twenty eighth. I guess the Mets usually apparently does. usually, yeah. Well, not not really. I mean, uh, the last couple of years, I think, the, I think that first game has been. Like, it's a recent thing, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Remember, for years, for years and years and years, Major League Baseball always started in Cincinnati. That was always the first game of the year, day right. game, always in Cincinnati. Uh, and of course, they got rid of that uh, interleague play. Anyway, so in the Atlantic League, which is you know basically an independent league, it has it, up, up until now had no affiliation with Major League Baseball. Um, they are adopting some of these these, these rules changes, right? right? That yep. that may 
be a precursor to Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball's big issue right now is that the games take too long. They want to speed up the game because we, of course, have to kowtow to those short attention spam millennials. God forbid a game go more than three hours. Uh, and so Yeah, but it's money. You know, obviously that's the root of everything is trying to try to reinvigorate yeah, I, I'm you know, an up an up and coming fan base being. Yeah, know, I mean, I get that, but it sounds like Major League Baseball is struggling. I mean, you know, every single owner in the sport's a billionaire. Every single one, billionaire, every single one, all of them. But you know, that doesn't that that that's that's irrelevant. <laughs> How is that irrelevant? It's irrelevant. Why? They could be trillionaires. It oh. doesn't matter if their if their if their business venture isn't making you know as much money I, as they want. I, I, that's all that matters. Listen, I understand, but it's I completely but, wrong. But, but 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 my point is that it should be right. I know it's not, but uh, my point. This is all very lazy thinking. This is all very much appropriate with the time. So let's let's start out with uh, the first proposed rule change, which is they're going to lengthen the mound. To 62 feet, 6 that, inches. That, that's, that's ridiculous. That, by 2 feet. Yeah. By 2 feet. It's ridiculous. No, no, that that oh, is absurd. Because... Oh. That when, I, that, when I first heard that one, I thought that was... I thought they were joking. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, you can't do that. I, I just... It, and I don't, I don't want to hear, oh, well, they lowered the mound, you know, in, from 1968. Right, first of all... Give, that, you, give up a hit Yeah. I, first of all, it's 50 years ago, okay? Yeah. And, you know, what they lowered the mound? By 6 inches? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that... Uh, much of a stretch. So that's that that rule is absolutely absurd. But I guess the idea is, oh, these guys throw too hard now, so we have to move it back. That's why there's so many strikeouts. No. The reason there's so many strikeouts is because baseball is overrun by stupid groupthink and all these morons with their launch angle. That's why there's all these strikeouts. The strikeouts actually used to matter, and now they don't matter anymore. Once you start making strikeouts matter again, and you have teams... I don't totally agree with that. Okay. I don't totally agree with that. Okay. You have, you have guys now... I'm not saying guys don't throw harder. I'm not saying... And and they, Any all, of that. and they all throw sliders. I, I listen. I get pitches that pitches that these hitters didn't have to contend with before. Even guys, even guys who don't strike out, still strike out. You know, fifty times a year. Okay, but that's I mean, fifty times a year you can live with. You know, fifty to seventy-five. I mean, a hundred strikeouts used to be unacceptable. Right. Now it's routine. I think it's part of the problem. I think it's the whole problem. Okay. All right, I mean, that's the, fair. the pitching has become these guys are ridiculous the way these guys can throw. And then, and then but the, but then you and, the, and then the eighth guy in your bullpen is throwing hundred miles an hour. But you with, all, with a slider. But you also see guys um, that are, you know, small guys turning around 98-mile-an-hour fastballs and, and hitting home runs, too. Right. Because well, so, the offense has to evolve along with the, well, along with but the pitching. I, but. I, I'm saying I, I, I don't like this idea that we have to lengthen the mound because the hitters have it too that's, tough. Yeah, that's – I'm not, I'm not – Lazy. Lazy. You know, and, uh, no, uh, you know, to, be, to their credit, so we'll experiment in the in the in, in the uh, in this in the independent league, league. Just, uh, just see what's okay. It's, it seems it seems silly. Okay, so that's right. number one. So we're both so in we're, agreement. We don't right. like that proposed rule change. Number two, relief pitchers have to face a minimum of three batters. Here's my thought on this. Yeah. I, I, now this I don't think is lazy thinking. I think this is actually not a bad thought. Okay. What I, I don't like the fact that, okay, so now I bring in a guy, and after three pitches, mm-hmm. you see this clear guy yep. clearly doesn't got, have it. Doesn't have and it. I'm stuck with three. Yep. Now, I to, now I have to leave him in for three. Yep. I, I think you can amend that to okay. until he gets, he has to stay in until he gets, uh, until somebody reaches base. Okay. You can lift him. If somebody reaches base, you can lift him. 
So, so you know, it's not you going. You're trying to go righty lefty. Yeah, I got you. So, all right. So now my lefty gets this lefty out. Right. And you know, and then you, uh, then you're afraid. Well, the, you know, I don't want to pinch it because then he can bring it in and they can switch pitchers again. Right. He's got to stay in there. Right. So now he has to face the righty. Right. You know what I mean? I hear you. And if you get him out, great. But so well, that, that, so I, I don't. I, this I, this I actually think is is, is I, not is not a bad thought. I don't love it. Here, here's why. And 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 I'm not going to take credit for. I give credit. Darling talked about this the other day. Ronnie Darling on the Mets telecast. What if it's late in the season? Uh, you got a guy that that come, goes to the manager and goes, you know what, Skip, I'm running on fumes, but I could get you one today. I can get I can get you one. Right. I can get you one today, and it's an independent race. And now you're not going to be able to use that guy in a huge spot against if the guy's got great numbers against, and you got to get a big out. And the guy says, I can give you that out, and now you're hamstrung. I don't like it. Right. Not a, not not a huge fan of that. What do you think about it until somebody reaches base? That's not terrible. I, that's a pretty good compromise. You know, uh, listen, n- no one, <laughs> the endless parade of relievers uh, these days, and the you know it's, Tony Larusa's ruined the sport much. in a it's lot a of ways much. with the with the lefty righty nonsense and pinch hitting. And I, listen, I get it. Uh, another way to solve that problem, by the way, is to limit the amount of pitchers you can keep on the team. Well, that's the other thing is now that every team has to has, has to have eight relievers. It's ridiculous. You can only have three guys on your bench. One of them. Who's a backup catcher? Right. So now you've only got two guys on your bench. It's, and, it's, and in the National League, it's a killer. It's an it's absolute silly. killer. So either, when a pitcher it, still either hits. Expand the rosters by one, Correct. one or two. Correct. Or, uh, well, listen. When we were growing up, pit teams kept ten pitchers. That was it. You had five in a bullpen, five stars. Because oh, guess what? Starters, your good ones, actually went eight or nine innings a lot. Unlike today's laziness, where six and go. That's it. Oh, you gave us six innings. Okay. Bye bye bye. You reached a hundred pitches. Get them out of there, please. Also, also, I think probably because uh, all the fastballs and curveballs the guys have thrown since the time they're five, the guys' arms break down. Well, that, uh, like, that, like, that, like that, you know, we were, we were, you know, we were coming to the yeah. well. You didn't have, you didn't have. It, it's pretty much guaranteed that three fifths of your of your staff is going <laughs> to land on the DL at some point. <laughs> it it, in a it does seem that way. It does seem that way. But nobody really still still under, No one still knows the root cause of this. No one knows because I mean, even when Tommy John was starting to become pretty prevalent, you know. Leo Mazzoni with the Braves, he, those guys threw all the time. They threw a lot in the offseason. They threw a lot in between starts. And those guys never got hurt. Now, you know, Smoltz did get hurt because he was – but, you know, and I understand that Glavin's a soft tosser and Maddox was a soft tosser. But, I mean, look, you know, guys – Even guys that don't throw hard are ruining right, their arms. Exactly. So and by don't throw hard, I mean throw under right, like 94. Right. <laughs> throw 90 – top out of 92. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that one's interesting. The no shifts uh, one. Sorry again. I know, talk I know about. You, I know you hate that. I, yep. I, this is one I, I keep. I, I find I, it so hate, lazy. Hate, hate to ride the fence. I keep going back and forth. I just find it lazy. Sorry. Adapt. Hit the goddamn ball to left field. Stop it. Enough already. They're giving you the that, whole it's, field. It's, it's not that simple. Okay. So they pitch you inside. You can't hit the ball the other way. Oh, please. Jeter made a freaking Hall of Fame career out of getting jammed and hitting balls over second baseman's head. Right. Yes, he can. Yeah. I, I, Come on. Come I, on. He's I, the I best hitters it. in the it. world. I love when somebody hits a screaming line drive like right up the middle and my guy's playing right behind second base. Yeah. Turn double play. But when like it happens that. to you, like you're that. not a fan. Right. Somebody hits a, you know, hits a 28 hopper. Yeah. 
Plastic the vacated hole. Then right. I'm, then I'm, you know. There is nothing more irritating than seeing what should be a routine in and ending double play go for a base hit because I have to have my shortstop playing behind second base. Yep. There's nothing more irritating. And it happens to the Mets constantly, by yeah. the way. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not a fan of, of banning the shit. It's funny. I've, I've had years where I was like, whatever, whatever charts uh, Joey Looseleaf's using, he better start, better start yes. revising those charts. Right. It's like every slow hit ball was, yep. was, finding, was finding a hole. Yep. Yeah. And then you have years where every screaming line drive is, is just right. Is just you know, remember like, you know way back when, and by by way back when six seven years ago mm-hmm. when a line drive up the middle meant base hit. Yes. now it means out. No, 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 no. Listen, now you can be pretty sure that there's going to be split right behind second. Here's an I. I mean, I remember this, and Jim will attest to this. Uh, on several occasions, Hubie Brooks hitting a ground ball up the middle that for sure for the, all the world looked like a base hit, except there's Ozzie Smith basically right there. Because guess what? Ozzie Smith didn't need analytics nerds to tell him. Because actually, guess what? He played the sport, and he knew what the hitter's tendencies were, and he played the, he positioned himself accordingly. We don't need shifts. It's ridiculous. You want to shift here and there, okay, but I, I don't like this idea that we're going to say no shifts. Again, you want to keep crying about hitting into outs, then hit the ball the other way. But being able to bunt, by the way, down to if you're a left-handed hitter and there's nobody on the left side, should not be that hard. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that hard. You don't have to even bunt for a hit, dude. All you have to do is turn and square around and just get the ball fair. There's no one there. That's not that hard. Left-handed hitters are the ones who would pay the price on Yes. Too. Yeah. Those are watch, the, watch Teixeira and, and Brian McCann, two really uh, yeah. two, two three hundred hitters become two thirty hitters. Right. But they but they but they were unwilling to adapt. You have to adapt. I'm sorry. To, to, to just ban it because guys are too lazy to, to, to change their skill sets. I'm I sorry. Know, it's too lazy. I mean, you know, so now you're trying to slap inside pitches. Not all the time. You don't have to do it all the time. But when the situation calls for it, yeah. And guess what? If you do it a few times, it'll stop shifting on you all the time. Not necessarily. I mean, also, mm-hmm. not necessarily. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'd rather. I'm facing a guy who can hit 40 home runs. I'd rather him try to try to slap all. Well, see, this way. is also part of the problem and the flawed thinking behind analytics, in my humble opinion. They have now devalued getting on singles. Are now completely somehow useless all of a sudden. Uh, somehow a base hit means nothing, except it could build momentum. It can make uh, the other p- the, the pitcher uh, pitches the next guy d- differently if the guy's on first base. I mean, it's, this idea now that we don't like base hits anymore is patently absurd. They're going it's ridiculous. By the numbers, so this is this is probability. It's, you know, you're less likely to get three hits than you are to you know a walk and a double. I understand that, but but so so you're, what you're telling See, me they, that they, they would argue. Right, that, that, you know that, that your your line of thinking is lazy. Okay, okay. Except I've watched the sport for forty years and watched plenty of teams win games by getting three hits in a row in the ninth inning off of a closer. Okay, it's a much more exciting game to watch than this junk that exists now. Home run, strikeout, walk. It's beer league softball. No, thank you. Yeah, Not a fan. Yeah, the, the strikeouts, but again, that's also a function of guys of just better pitching too. I understand that, but it's also guys' approaches at the plate are ridiculous. Guys swinging from their heels regardless of situation. I mean, again, we talked about this. Uh, you know, guys used to – teams and, and good hitters used to be in the 80% driving a runner home from third with less than two outs. Now 50% is considered good because guys don't know how to hit situationally anymore. And, and I know – and Chili Davis was mocked. For having the temerity to say, yeah, you know what, I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell the Mets hitters to not swing for a home run every time. 
Got thank you, Chili. Chili Davis might know a little bit about hitting, by the way. The right. Dwight Gooden killer, too, by the way. Oh, is that right? Oh, he wore Dwight Gooden out. When he was on the Giants, he wore oh, that, yeah, Dwight Gooden out. That. I yeah. remember that. Chili Davis Whereas, was... Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think about Tom Seaver. His yeah. uh, his kryptonite was Tommy Hutton, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I was too too you know young. I didn't really follow. You know, Seaver was a little before my time. Our yeah. time. Uh, although I did watch him pitch uh, opening day in 1983 when he came back to the Mets. We went to that game. Was that right? Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, won, won his 300 game with the with, with the White Sox with, with the White Sox against the Cranks. Yes, against yeah, the Cranks. Phil Rizzuto. Day. That's right. Is that the same day where Phil got knocked over by the That's cow? Correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you're not so you're okay with no shifts. I'm not a fan. Uh, this extra inning rule, you cannot be a fan of. No, no, sir. Okay, so no. this extra inning rule, let me let me just lay it out here no, for, okay for for our loyal listeners. So they did this in the World Baseball Classic, and we actually probably have touched on this before. They're going to put a runner on second to start extra innings with uh, no outs, correct? Uh huh. And 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 if they score, the game's over, right? No, I think no. I think you still the, the home team still has to. It's, oh, the home team chance. still gets a chance, right? Um, that is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Don't love it because it, it's it's artificial. It's, 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 it has nothing to do with the game. You, you're trying too hard. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, the other thing is they're going to increase the base size from 14 inches to 18 inches. I, I don't. So know, is that even relevant? Yeah, what's the point? I, I don't know. I guess you're trying to cut down on collisions and. I, I guess. I mean, th- see, this is the thing. You can't legislate. Everything you can't legislate human error out of everything. You can't legislate. I mean, you well, know that brings that probably brings the, the, the most important rule change out of out of all of them. What the robot technology yeah. with the balls and strikes? Yeah. I mean, look. You know there are there is a faction of people out there that say you know they have it in tennis right whether a ball is in the line or outside the line. Uh, I, listen, I, I'm fine with the way it is. I, I I don't I don't you know I mean look. <laughs> I think they, they, by the way, they already do it anyway. I mean, they rate home plate umpires based on how well they call a game. Yeah. Uh, it already exists to a certain extent. I mean, is it the worst thing in the world? Here's what I don't. You know, you know, yeah. You know what, though? When, <laughs> when you don't get a pitch in the bottom of the ninth. Right. You know. And, no, it gets and, very you know, irritating. Of course. For a game when you hit and you're just, you're beside Of yourself. course. Of course. But you might get some of those go your way, too. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you never register the ones that go your way. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. But by the way, they haven't even been specific in how they actually will implement implement this supposed technology so we'll have to wait and see and then the other thing is the pitch clock which they're doing in spring training now it's 20 seconds to come set and deliver a pitch it's not to actually throw the pitch you know again this is all in the in 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 the, in the spirit of speeding up the game okay but uh if, as far as that one goes yeah is this way we don't have to deal with steve traxelism oh uh, listen i i don't have a huge problem with that listen i love uh, you know all the old school guys like us ronnie keith all the, they all love guys that get the ball and throw it i mean and and by the way most of the good pitchers that's how they do I mean, Sid Fernandez, did he take 20 minutes between pitches? No, or just, just, Sid's he, issue was a million foul, foul balls. balls. Yes, right. Sid's 3 2 on every hit. Yes, every he'd get 0 2, and then he'd get to 3 2, and then they foul off. Like Lighter was like that, too. Al yeah. Lighter, very similar in that regard. Yeah, really good stuff, but not, you know, yeah. Not, not working for the Yankees anymore. Yeah, he's working for the Mets now. Yeah. Yeah, um, in some, you know, advisory role. Uh, yeah, listen, 
Watch Max Serger pitch. I mean, he gets the ball. He, you know, he gets it, gets a sign, he goes right. Yep. You know, when Degrom, Jay Happ just gets it. Jay Happ does that. Degrom is a quick worker. Syndergaard's a quick worker. I mean, all most of the best pitchers in baseball are quick workers anyway. So, listen, I, I don't have a huge problem uh, with the pitch clock at all. And also, I so so the idea is if they don't come set and ready to deliver a pitch within twenty seconds, they're going to get assessed the ball. And I think by the same token, if the hitter isn't ready to hit, I mean, because we don't need no more Garcia Parra, you know, redoing his batting glove 17 times. Um, <laughs> Mike Hargrove, who set, Mike the, Hargrove set the template for that. Human. See, now, back then, it was kind of charming because it was he was an outlier. Right. Right. So, right. so he was the human rain delay, and that was kind of funny. You could live with it. So, so, like, you, you can't take all the personality out of out of sporting events, out of games, out of baseball, and, this, and, and we're talking about specifically here. I mean, you gotta just, I mean, listen, they already butchered the home plate stuff because Cryberry, Crybaby Buster Posey got hurt five years ago. Then they completely... By the way, what is your issue with, with Buster Posey? Oh, I can't stand him. Oh, I can't stand him. Really? I mean, because, because he should have sat there and said, this is ridiculous. It was a fluke play, and this is ridiculous, and I'm a catcher, I'm supposed to be a tough guy, and this is a joke. That's why. Okay, they, it was absurd. He moaned and groaned and lobbied for it. Disgusting. Did he really? Yes. How so? Uh, did he? Yeah, I think I, he I, did. I don't remember hearing anything about that. Yes, I think he pretty much lobbied for it, or maybe didn't lobby for it, but was very much in favor of it after uh, the rule was implemented. Um, I, 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 I listen. That home plate rule is ridiculous because still nobody knows what to do. The catchers don't know what to do. Right. The runners don't know what to do. It's, it's clear as mud. It's ridiculous. And then they did the same thing with the second base rule because of the Chase Utley thing against Tejada in the playoffs against the Mets four years ago, which that was clearly an illegal slide. It's not that hard. For years, somehow, we knew what an illegal slide was at second base. And then now nobody knew. And so now the, the neighborhood play is gone. But if you even come close, to, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, you know. I mean, how am I crazy no, to take I'm, Willie Randolph out in center field? They, they, it's funny. <laughs> they were talking about that. I was watching Yankee Rewind. Oh, yeah? Uh, and it was, they were doing the, the Greg Nettles game the, 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 uh, in a uh, 78 World Series. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a play at second where uh, somebody took out Davey Lopes. I don't remember. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, they, and they, you know, they were talking, you know, they were, and so then, like, Randolph was uh, in the booth like a couple days later, and he was talking about Al McCray. Uh-huh. He was talking about... Well, know, he was notorious like, as being the hardest guy, the, yeah, guy, the hardest slider he, in the world. He, he was talking about, you know, and then he was... And you see Willie Randolph, Randolph moaning and groaning about it, no, did you? No, Randolph said, you know, so then I just, I would make sure, you know, I would sidearm... Right, you got to you drop down and throw the ball basically right at his face. Yeah, he, he said Al McCray. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. So, yeah, so when that... Willie Randolph wasn't exactly a, a hulking figure either. And he wasn't sitting there moaning and groaning about, oh, Al McCray slid too hard into me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, but you don't want guys going out of the way. Which even no, if it's dirty, they, it's dirty. Then in, in that in that World Series game, somebody was I forget who it was for the Yankees and uh, like went way out of the baseline. I don't talk about Reggie trying to get hit by the throws, right? But uh, to get Lopes and even even then the uh, it was uh, I forget who was doing the game. Whoever had Garagiola and Kubat, right? Ooh, yeah, you're, not, you're supposed to go straight to the base. You're right. not supposed to go that far out of the way. They, you know, but so but even, even then. But it's pretty clear. The, the rule already existed. If a right. guy completely goes out of the baseline to break up a double play, they call the double play. Yeah. That's it. There was already a rule in place to prevent that. And again, you barely I'm, saw it. I'm okay with the neighborhood, you know, with them enforcing the neighborhood. Or, you know, saying you, 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 know, you can't just get in the area of the base. you got to touch the base. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, I mean, but the reason that used to exist, 
was because it was to, to protect the player. Right. Right? And if it was going to be pretty much a get, you know, you know, it's going to, I mean, again, that's the thing. You know what's pretty much a guaranteed double player, what's not, right? And so, uh, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't have a huge problem with it, with, with them enforcing that. The base. Then, that's you know, fine. Well, then, then, then first baseman's base should uh, agree. be on the base. Well, again, it was part of using the base to protect. You know, the guy turning the double play, you could use the base kind of as a way to protect yourself, right? You're supposed to always try to come around, be on the back of second base right. when you're turning it, when you're making the, the relay throw. So, but yeah, that's not the end of the world. My point is that, that you, you can't legislate every part of human error, personality, quirks. That's part of what makes baseball fun. Right. You have to maintain. You can't sanitize the thing. Well, that, that goes for any any sport. Any sport, you know, right? I mean, you, know, you don't want it to become. First of all, I think they should get rid of replaying baseball. It's un. It is so bad. And basketball, by the way, I know you don't watch much basketball anymore. Well, it's, it's it's absurd. Every 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 everything. Every hard foul oh my god! Becomes a fifteen minute delay. Oh my god! And and in college, it's way worse. It's unwatchable. It's even worse right, in it's college. Unwatchable. It's so bad. I wish they would get. Listen, I, I said this before. In football, all this automatic scoring plays are reviewed now. It, it needs to go. It all needs to go. It needs to go back. If you're gonna have replaying football, it needs to go back to coaches' challenges, and that's it. Because guess what? There's no more spontaneous enjoyment of the sport anymore. Guy makes a diving catch on your uh, your team in the back of the end zone. You, just have to assume you can't celebrate. It's gonna it's gonna get wiped out. Or you got to sit there on pins and needles for 15 minutes while they figure it out and show yeah. it by a millimeter. Oh, the the tip of the ball touched the blade of grass and moved half a millimeter. So well, now it's not a catch. Well, perfect example is the Super is the uh, Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Well, by by then they had realized it was such uh, it reached such critical mass. I told you, my theory the, is the that... we were getting every single one of those freaking calls. Well, that was a Jesse James was that same year. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. But you got screwed in, in the Green Bay game. I've right. seen that play a million times. That's a catch by Des Bryant. We got screwed to Calvin Johnson play against the Bears. Now which, not... Which kicked it off. Kicked this whole thing off. But, by the way, do you, do you realize that's going to be nine years ago? Yeah. That was 2010. Yeah. yeah. That was going to be nine... It's going to be this fall. It's yeah. going to be nine years ago. What? Uh, what? I know. I know. <laughs> we're getting on in Oh, my God. And lastly, uh, while we're talking about the NBA briefly, uh, I know Knickerbocker basketball is unwatchable at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, they've made obviously a lot of moves. They got rid of Porzingis. Um, you know, we discussed this. Uh, I, you know, so, not, he, not, you know, I, I just didn't have a big problem with that. No, I, I, I didn't either. Not, not, not. He's no, never going to play a full season. Probably not. And again, he certainly showed. He's only playing playing a full season if he if he camps out behind the arc his entire career. Yeah. No. Listen. He he, he undoubtedly will be successful in Dallas because he's going to be paired with a very good player in Luka Doncic, their rookie. Um, but uh, you know, he, he, this idea that he was some established superstar and the future of the franchise is is is, is folly. So I, I have no problem with that. Um, now we got to see what they do with this cap space, but let's go down the next roster for a second. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but to me, these are the guys that I say will say stay or go. Mm-hmm. All right, Moutier, he's he, a restricted he free agent. He can stay. Okay, agreed. Lance Thomas, Adios Senior. <laughs> Frank Milikina, Adios Senior. <laughs> exactly, agreed. Dennis Smith, Hune Hure. He can stay. Yeah, he's got a lot to prove, but I said this on my show last week. D'Angelo Russell is a good is a good cautionary tale here, or not a cautionary tale, but a positive tale. 
That guy, I wanted that guy out of the league two years ago, and now he's completely turned his career around with the Nets, and he's all 22 years old. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is 22. He's his second year in a league. A he's lot of these a, guys are coming to the league at 18, 19. So th- that, that's the whole problem. Four years, they're only 22. Correct. That's the whole Four pro- years, that's enough time for you to think, oh, this guy can't play. That's the whole problem with the NBA. That's the whole problem with the NBA. I've talked about that a million times, too. Uh, Damian Dotson. Uh, I don't care. Stay. Need him. Good guy. RKG, plays defense, can hit the three. It's a good, good, good player. I want him on a team. Kevin Knox. Adios. 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 And again, I understand that belies what we just said. He's only 19 years old. He's the youngest player in the league. I've I don't seen care. All you need to say. <laughs> I don't care. I and can't. You know, I'm not you know, I'm a very casual fan. I know. Fan at I know. Uh, I know. I've seen enough. I've seen all I need to see with well, this guy. I keep hearing what a great score he is. Every time I turn around, he's three for fifteen. Right. I mean, and, and he doesn't play any defense, and he's not aggressive. I, I mean, I did just there's nothing there's to nothing recommend about, him. Right. There's nothing about his game that makes, nothing. Makes you let him go. Let him go. Figure it out somewhere else. I mean, look, they're not going to get rid of him because he's a he's, he's a rookie, and they're not going to admit that they made a colossal mistake drafting him. He is so hard to root for. He's I mean, a, he's a tough watch. He is a tough. Watch. I'm I mean, work on my hustle. I'm gonna work on that. Oh, that's, I, all, that's all I had to hear. Yeah, he, he gives it matches. It matches the tape. Lots, lots of lip service. I haven't seen any of it converted yet. None of it. He does not play. I mean, we've talked about this off air. I mean, could you imagine him trying to be on the Knicks teams with Oakley and Anthony Mason and those guys and Ewing? They would have eaten this guy and spit him out. They, I mean, they, they might have scared him into. They might have. Well, they probably would have made him into a, t- a tough, uh, hard nosed player. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, so I, I, I'm perfectly fine the Knicks getting rid of him. If some team is dumb enough, to, like if the Knicks are going to try to trade for Anthony Davis and he's part of the package, good riddance. Yep. Uh, Mario Hazonia, adios. DeAndre Jordan, I would like to see the Knicks keep. Right. He's a yep. pro. He still gives you double doubles all the time. Which might be tough if they get to, if they do sign two max guys. Right. But he would be nice to have to retain. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cornett, eh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Mitchell Robinson, yes, definitely keep. Obviously. He's a huge keeper. He's probably he's been the, probably the year, your MVP. No he's question. Definitely in the second half. He, he's the best story of the year for the Knicks. No yeah. question. And and by the way, he's not going to get stronger. Yes. Yes. Remember, the guy didn't play basketball last year. Yeah. He didn't even play. He went on a team because he went. He was supposed to go to college. Then he sat out. Uh, this guy's 19 years old, and you know is and it, 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 it has scary good skills blocking shots. I mean, this guy blocks. Shots. Every got, time we look in the box, he's got four blocks. And he blocks shots. Guys, guys try to take threes. He gets caught in pick and rolls, and he has to guard a guy at the three point line. He blocks shots that without fouling, and he's really good blocking shots with both hands, which yeah. a lot of guys can't do. Rebounds. Yes. Yeah. Listen. And, and he's and he, he seems to have the body type where he can fill out. He, he can, can fill out. Like, unlike the zinger, who right is you know. No, yeah. No. Listen, the guy limited in how how much bigger he was going to. The, the athletic yeah. ability is not even. I mean, it's off the charts with this guy. I, I mean, yeah. Listen, and his pose. He's a really good kid and a hard worker. Right. He he's he's the he's team. Probably, he's probably the first guy <laughs> that you're saying. Yep, definitely. Yep, no question. He stays. Alonzo Trier, definitely. You can, you can bring him back. Yeah. He he's a ball hog. Uh, I mean, uh, of, uh, of the highest order. You could, but he's a, a talented scorer. You can live with a guy like that as as a Vinnie Johnson type. Yeah. Third guard off the bench, you know that's fine. Uh, Noah Vonley is probably going to go. I like him, nice player. Yeah, I like him too. He's a free agent. I don't think they're going to keep him. Uh, this Kadeem Allen, who unfortunately got relate relegated uh, to the bench or back to the G League, had played very well. Also, he actually played with Trier at Arizona. Uh, looked really good. Gritty, hard nosed player. I mean, he's the anti the anti Kevin Knox. Uh, I'd like to see the Knicks bring him back. 
Um, and then John Jenkins, whatever, who cares, and Henry Ellenson, who was a former first-round pick not that long ago. Actually, he's somewhat intriguing. He's a big man that can shoot a little bit, has a decent, well-rounded game. My point is there's not a lot on this team. No, they, they, they could turn over 80% of this roster and had no issues right. with it. Correct. No issues with it. So it'll be very interesting to see, A, if they get the first pick in the draft, and then what they do with the— uh, Even though they have a 50% chance to win the fifth pick. Correct. Correct. Well, they're going to have one of the worst three records in the league. Were you the one who was telling me that uh, they've never moved up? Correct. They've only, they've only stayed put or moved out. Moved Correct. Out. Correct. In, the, in the, 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 the modern lottery era, after when they changed it after they, when they got Ewing uh, that one year in 85, uh, ever since then, anytime the Knicks have been in the lottery, they've either stayed exactly where they were slated to be or, or moved down. down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Never moved up ever. Yeah. Yep. Nick Ball, so ladies and assume, gentlemen. We just assume we're getting the fifth pick, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And by the way, this draft, I mean, and listen, you don't, you, don't, you take it, all this stuff with a grain of salt, but this draft is thought to be really about f- four, four deep. So that right. would be so, perfect. So there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be perfect. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. As always, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Twitter account is at Jamal about sport and OS, Facebook page, jamalaboutsports.com, website, jamalaboutsports.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace out.